Look, I'm not here to dump on two points. I can appreciate what went into getting these two particular points. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates in the same place you found this. Penguins 3, Ducks 2 in overtime. And yes, that equates to two points. It also equates to two points that they really kind of start needing to accumulate. And that actually isn't a bad place to start considering how they've fared of late. Jake Gensel got the overtime goal on a two-on-one with Sidney Crosby. This after Trevor Zegers tried to pass on a clean breakaway to Cam Fowler for some reason. Fowler wasn't ready for it at all. Penguins go the other way and end the game. Before that, Brian Rust tied the score with 24.8 seconds left. And again, this is good. This is good. I'm not making a, a bad thing out of this. Uh, here's what here's what Jake had to say afterward. It's, it's, it's huge. Um, we need two points now, and they're the same two points at the end of the year. So you never want to lose games. But um, I think for us to come back tonight, hopefully, kind of gives, let's get some confidence here right now. He's right. It's huge. Two points are huge. And as Marcus Pedersen would point out, it doesn't matter when you get them or against whom you get them. I think we always want to be bring that urgency. I think uh, you know these two points are as critical as they're they're with the same in, uh, in March uh, as they are now. So um, we can always bring that urgency, which is fine. Go ahead and do it that way. Meaning from Mike Sullivan's perspective, because there aren't other answers available for this team since they're clearly not going to make personnel moves. They're just not. They're just not. I don't believe that this GM is equipped to do that. I don't believe he has any sort of oh total transfusion in him, even if it's just a total transfusion of the third and fourth lines. Now, in fairness, Sullivan did make two moves yesterday. Those of you who listen to this program know I've been advocating for both pretty loudly for a couple of weeks now. One, Move Teddy Bluger to the third line. Stop pretending that Jeff Carter is a third-line center in the NHL right now. He's not, and he's not going to be. Second, move Carter to the wing where he can't hurt you anywhere near as much defensively. Both of those happened in this game. I don't know that either happened to great effect because I don't know that the Penguins played all that great. But it's a start, and it was a needed start toward writing a handful of existing wrongs in this lineup. Sooner rather than later, you would hope they also could handle the Brian Dumoulin situation, that they can give chances to other younger players as they did last night in his NHL debut to Jonathan Gruden, and that they can begin finding some inner flexibility to allow for these types of movements to continue as they're needed. Stop getting so married to outdated concepts and, in a couple of cases, outdated players. But in the interim, and I'm going to be honest with you, that's all that game last night felt like was the interim or intermission. By all means, go ahead and accumulate points. Look at the standings. Look where this team is. Fifth in the division, 
ninth in the conference, and last I checked, that latter one isn't going to get you into the playoffs. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals. For those in need, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. So based on the fact, and I do mean fact, that pretty much every player being interviewed after this was talking about the points, the points, the points, the two points. We got two points, two important points. That had to have been the message that came from Sullivan and the coaching staff. And that's the right message. Because that's going to resonate no matter what. Facing the Ducks on a Monday night in mid-January, not so much. Points on the table when you're out of the playoff picture? Yeah, yeah, those count the same way as if you're facing the Rangers in the middle of March. Arguably more because it's presumed that you'll take those points. And you can't leave them behind. Or if you do, you're going to end up having to get those two points in a much, much more challenging fashion from someone else. Besides, the simple, pure pursuit of points is the kind of thing that can get the team to do the things that it should have been doing all along anyway. Look, a big portion of what's gone wrong for this team, particularly in recent weeks, has been, for whatever reason, a lack of focus, a lack of commitment. Maybe they're older, maybe they think they can just coast into the playoffs, well, the Penguins are automatically guaranteed a berth in the playoffs, right? And Whatever it is out of all of that, it wasn't going to cut it. It wasn't going to fly for a whole lot longer. So if the Penguins take care of business and get this handful of points here, meaning these two against the Ducks, and four more, not two more, not three more, four more from the Senators in their next two games. At least they're getting back on the points track, and maybe they'll even start playing the game right again. But I'm going to repeat, that doesn't fix things. So they can't go getting comfortable over this from a personnel standpoint. And heaven knows this general manager will be seeking out any opportunity to get comfortable When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from TJ, who asks, why not put Carter on the fourth line? You know, TJ... The numbers don't matter all that much unless you're worried about looking like you're disrespecting someone or the you know they've achieved so much or they've shown so much leadership and now here you are demoting them to the fourth line. I'm a big believer in not distinguishing much at all between a third and fourth line. I really really believe that. And if you want an example of it, look at the Penguins first and second lines. Whenever Ricard Raquel and Brian Rust switched lines. Wasn't that how we all discussed it? 
We didn't say that Raquel was demoted to the second line or Rust was demoted to the second line. Why? Because they're pretty much even. It wasn't a big deal. It wasn't some kind of kick in the groin to Rust. Well, where the third line and fourth line are concerned on this team, neither of them has been any good. So nobody's really in any kind of position, including Carter, to complain about anything relating to disrespect. Not that he would. I don't think that he would. But it's just, you know, it's not a factor is what I'm saying, and it shouldn't be one. Besides, if you want to talk about somebody who's completely ego-free, here's Teddy. You know, Teddy got bumped up to the third line, but what does that really mean? It means Teddy just got the better wingers, but you could just as easily have written that up on your line chart in there on the on the dry erase board as those wingers playing with Teddy and those wingers got demoted to the fourth line. I mean, it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. What does matter is finding the right mix on the third and fourth lines, but one that involves energy, one that involves putting guys on the ice who can make a difference in terms of shifting a momentum or maintaining a momentum to a hockey game. That means almost always a heavy-duty forecheck, a little bit of a physical presence. And I'm not even talking about hitting here. I'm talking about getting along the wall and fighting for loose pucks, really battling for them. And, of course, never to be forgotten when you're discussing third and fourth lines, real, live, high-quality, hungry penalty killers. Not that stick-waving that Carter's doing out there. They keep putting Carter out there on the PK because he can win a draw. Great. Watch what he does after he wins the draw, presuming that he wins it. And he is pretty good on draws still. And that's about it. Otherwise, he's a big body with a long stick that they're hoping will take up some space. Find players that are ready to run through the wall for you. I don't believe those players are here in Pittsburgh. I'm not sure they're in Wilkes-Barre either. So acquiring one or more of them would involve Gasp making an outside move, which Hextall has pretty much ensured that he can't do because of signing Carter and Kasperi Kapanen to the ridiculous contracts they've received. Figure it out. Solve it. Attempt something. Don't just sit there and say, oh, well, salary cap. Oh, no. Can't do anything. Things have to change with this hockey team. In the interim, as I mentioned earlier, go right ahead and beat the Anaheims and the Ottawas. Get into the All-Star break with a little bit of a good feeling, but then get to work on putting together a real live third and fourth lines for this hockey team. I appreciate the question. I'll be flying up to Ottawa later tonight to cover the Penguins game against the Senators there tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Love Ottawa. Haven't been back there in four years. Let's do this again tomorrow. Tomorrow.